back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, February the 11th. On today's episode, we wrap up the Ike Derby in Classic in West Monroe, Louisiana, and then we discuss the sudden passing of Great Stallion and the cutting horse pin, Hottish. Uh, I was sad to see Hottish, and I was very surprised to see the post on Facebook, as CBL alludes to later in the show about just the sudden passing of a, a great horse in our industry. So we talk about Hottish and what he what he means to us and some of our favorite horses sired by Hottish that maybe we'd like to crack the herd on. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the Section K Podcast. This episode is brought to you by OK Brand Fencing. Committed to providing the highest quality fencing products at the most competitive prices since 1979, a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Medill, Oklahoma, OK Brand is proud to provide 100% American-melted and American-made fencing products. Whether it's Max Tight Horse for your turnouts, horse panels for your stall, or barbed wire and field fence for your cattle, OK Brand is the brand to trust. OK Brand Fencing. Ask for it by name at your favorite farm and ranch fencing supplier. Learn more online at okbrand.com. Before we get into the show today, we wanted to shout out all the 2020 NCHA Hall of Fame inductees. Your 2020 Members Hall of Fame inductees are Mr. Bubba Cassio, Frank Merrill, Alice Walton, and Bronk Willoughby. Joining the Hall of Fame from the 2019 Open Riders Hall of Fame will be Kara Brewer, Monty Bunton, Chris Hansen, Bruce Maureen, and Andy Sherrod. In the non-pro Riders Hall of Fame will be Jeff Barnes, Blakely Colgrove, Madeline Colgrove, and Allie Good. And your 2019 Hall of Fame horses, Crafty with Cows, owned by Carol Anderson Ward of Rancho Marietta, California. He Be a Cat, owned by Jim Crawford of Lexington, Nebraska. Rolls Royce, owned by Thomas Gwynn of Philadelphia, Mississippi. And Second Spot, owned by Gary and Shannon Barker of Medill, Oklahoma. Big congratulations to all of the Hall of Fame inductees that will be inducted at this year's NCHA convention. Congratulations. The cutting action has come to a close in the swamps of West Monroe at the Ike Hamilton Event Center. A couple of champions in the non-pro and amateurs, the 5-6 non-pro champ, none other than Ray Stylin Smooth and Mr. Todd Quirk. The four-year-old non-pro champion was Mrs. Ashley Flynn Riding Knight Rider, and your amateur champions in the 5-6, Andrea Sutton, rode Wicket Metal, and your four-year-old derby amateur champion was Hashtag Metallic and Tommy Williams. So congratulations to all your intermediate and limited champions as well. Look like Robert Charles put on a great show per usual. I'm sure the Super Bowl party was tons of fun. Uh, I don't remember. In years past, I feel like the Super Bowl is always ending or the Super Bowl, the show's always ending uh, when the Super Bowl's starting, so I bet it was a little bit different being there during Super Bowl Sunday, so shout out Robert Charles and Della and everyone that puts in tons of work at the Ike, 
Uh, it was another successful show. Cody Headland, our resident correspondent, has returned from West Monroe. Headland, what's up, dude? Welcome back. Yeah, no, it was uh, exactly how you remembered it, actually. Um, nothing had changed. Still West Monroe, it was muggy for the first couple days, and then it got really cold and rained a whole bunch. Does that also mean that Crawfish City was there, still standing on oh, all, yeah. all four legs? And yep. I've seen your Snapchats. Uh-huh. Yeah. Looked like quite the crew there. Yeah, we had us quite the crew. Candler and Christian Miller, I bet they took down a couple pounds of crawl, crawl daddies, as I like to call them. Yeah, no, they sure did, and and it was a good good time had by all. Note I wanted to add was I did notice uh, appeared that the non-pro classes, both the four-year-old and five-six, uh, looked like the entries were down a little bit when I was looking at the results. I noticed, um, I believe it was the four-year-old, that they just had a two-score aggregate that you kind of typically see in the, the fall, uh, during the fall non-pro futurity shows. Um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on uh, the lack thereof entries there? And the non-pro looked like the amateurs showed up in full force, as they always do. But what were your thoughts, Headland, kind of on the uh, the lack thereof? I think it took a 220 to go back in the in the 5.6 non-pro, too. And how many horses was that? CBL, do you know, three or four or something like that? I think it was five. Five? Yeah. So not very many horses uh, – went to West Monroe and had success in the non-pro. So what were your thoughts on that? Oh, I just think it's uh, there's a lot of cuttings going on. And when there's a lot of cuttings, your entries get spaced out like that and spread out. I mean, there's, you know, been Abilene, Augusta, uh, West Monroe, the Bonanza's coming up. And you can only go to so many. There's a lot of people that just end up staying home. And, and for the non-pro, that just really hurts it. But – I mean, the open wasn't much different. There was a cutting going on in Graham the same time that the open four-year-old was getting ready to go on in West Monroe, and there was 74 in the open derby or something like that. Wow. In Graham or in West Monroe? In Graham. Wow. And then there was 60 – what was it, 63 entries in the open derby at West Monroe? So Yeah, four or five sets, something like yeah. that. It's just – there's a lot of cuttings and a lot of options, and when people have a lot of options, it just spreads all the entries out and spreads all the horses out, and just makes it tough, you know, when there's this this many cuttings that, you know, they all end up hurting for it in the end, more or less. Yeah, it's convenient when you can be very flexible on your show schedule and kind of decide at the last minute where you want to go, and if your horses are working good enough to go here, there, whatever, but... At the end of the day, it is very detrimental to some classifications at these shows, and I think we do need to continue to look hard at uh, the scheduling of uh, when we place these events and where we place them and uh, what crowds we want to draw to said show. So I think uh, conversations definitely need to be had about that stuff. And, I mean, just the the I just finished up, but another example of that is – Augusta, I mean, I don't ever, I don't know Augusta to be the show that, like, we've had people on, like Clint talking about how you want to get your name up on the billboard, and uh, I've been to Augusta once, and there's people there that are just fans that come and watch the finals, and I mean, I, in my opinion, that's that's a show that I feel like a, a lot of the, the top riders need to be putting on a list for a show just because there's people coming to watch those finals and because of what Cody's saying and there being um, a lot of shows close to some areas those people don't even really uh, 
pick Augusta as an option anymore because of how far it is. And yeah, it is a far drive, but um, I just a, a place that you are. There's not very many shows you get to go to outside of Fort Worth, and not even really all the Fort Worth shows that fans are showing up. There's an audience for uh you to show in the finals and i mean that's that's one of the best feelings as a competitor is to go and show in front of a crowd in the finals and you know i I mean definitely like you guys both said i mean this is a conversation that needs to be had and i mean no we don't i don't know if we necessarily can fix it but us personally but we dang sure can talk about it yeah, because that's what we're here for, right, is to talk about things like this and and especially fresh coming off the Ike where I was. And it was a tough cutting in general, but also because the numbers for the cutting were down, it makes it that much more tougher. And yes, it's just I agree completely with what you said, CBL. I've been to Augusta once, and it wasn't like it was in the past or what I remember reading about in the chatter in the Quarter Horse News. Um yep you know, when I was younger, it's a shame because I'm sure there's people from that area that come to the cutting at the James Brown Memorial Coliseum just to watch the cutting finals. And they, and you don't get that everywhere. And that's really, really cool. And that's also how we grow the sport is getting new eyes on cutting, you know, well, All it takes it, is for actually in the areas that there's people showing up. Exactly. And, and I think I told you guys about the, Oklahoma City the world show it's the same thing like people come over there to watch the cutting finals and there's a crowd there and it's a lot of fun and you never know you might find somebody there up in the stands that wants to come ride cutting horses and that's those are going to be the things that are going to help grow the sport and keep us all going this episode is brought to you by equine extreme performance EXP offers an all-natural, drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They've built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it's right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen, and they understand what your horse needs. Visit expequine.com and enter promo code Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next EXP order. That's promo code Section K. To receive 10% off your next EXP order at www.expequine.com. Recently, the performance horse industry lost a legend, Hottish, a spots hot stallion out of the Great Mare Stylish Play Lena was humanely euthanized. Um, he was 12 years old. It was really sad to see Hottish go here the last couple of years. His his foals have really burst on scene in the cutting and the cow horse. Both um, have seen a lot of good horses sired by Hottish uh, at really all the fraternities that we've gone to and progressed throughout the year through the Derby years. And uh, I was looking at uh, some of the horses that are sired by Hottish. I mean, just the top two. You're looking at Cool and Hot and Dual Rayish too. I mean, unbelievable horses in their own right. I'm really excited to see what both of those horses go on to do in the breeding pen. So. Yeah, what were y'all's thoughts on seeing Hottish laid to rest here here uh, this last week? Thoughts and prayers go out to the Adams family and Lloyd and Christina Cox, uh, everyone that handled Hottish. Um, it's really hard when you have a horse like that 
and you kind of have to make that decision. So uh, just one of those sad days in the performance horse industry. It was just crazy kind of – we just lost Highbrow Cat and then and losing Hottish here. So. It's pretty tough, man. I'm, I mean, especially not only he was just an, an incredible athlete. I watched him have some incredible runs, and uh, I'm pretty sure I've told that story about when we were up at Idaho and him and Kit Kat Sugar were hauling for the horse of the year. And – it was the Open Derby Finals, and everybody in the loping pen completely stopped, and there was a big crowd there. The practice pen lady stopped. There wasn't anybody working in the practice pen. All that stuff's under one roof, and everybody was just sitting there watching those Open Derby Finals, and especially when Hottish and Kit Kat Sugar walked to the pen. And that was one of the coolest moments that I'll never forget. And then, you know, you move on and into his next career, and – the breeding career and he's had a great breeding career as well and he was actually an outcross you know there wasn't a whole lot of cat in there or none at all and uh it was uh he was definitely a true outcross and we, he'd seen a lot of success as a breeding stallion already so it's just uh one of those too soon moments you know he had a bright career ahead of him in the breeding pen and and i know it's tough to lose one like that that was kind of just you know, something you were. I just wasn't expecting to see on Facebook whenever uh, it, I seen it. But uh, just I I went back and I've watched some YouTube videos and just here recently just to get uh, refresh my memory on Hottish and you know it's kind of funny. Um, I mean, almost immediately of me watching the horse, and probably I wouldn't have ever have thought of it, but because of, like, Bo and uh, Wesley saying, like, Spot being a shark in the water, uh, I mean, it was almost immediately my first thing that popped into my head was, I mean, just the way that horse moved and what the cow meant to him. Uh, it was, I mean, it's, I mean, he's one-of-a-kind hottest in the show pen i mean he was able to i mean go and get i mean as low as possible going and stopping and then also be able to do his deal in the middle of the pen and be able to speed things up at any matter of time and uh not let that be too much or be too po too powerful of a move for him to overcome i mean he was just such a powerful horse I mean, it's a shame that that we this news came came and I mean, like Caden said, I mean, thoughts and prayers with everyone that's been a, along for the ride with Hottish. Um, this is coming from the article written on NCHA's website, uh, written by Sally Harrison over um, Hottish's career, and this year uh, in his uh, offspring's earnings, he's ranked fourth behind. Metallic Cat, Dual Ray, and Highbrow Cat. And in his, his three lifetime performing crops had also produced earners of over $3.3 million for an average of 31709 So, I mean, in, in, in three years of his full crops being out there and getting showed, I mean, I, he's, his, his stamp uh, and his legacy is going to be able to continuously uh, go on through the breeding and some of these horses and I mean like cool and hot and dull rayish 
there's already studs out there performing at a high level and hopefully uh those studs go on to be producers in that and they have offspring that continue that legacy as well yeah if you guys had to pick one horse sired by hottish to show what, what would one be there's so many good horses blackish blackish cool mm. and hot yeah i'd say blackish or hot heels though yeah um I hot new cowboy cowboy was pretty good too though. That's what I was gonna say. I would want to show hot new cowboy. I'll say a basic answer because I can't uh not say I don't want to show a fraternity champion, so definitely would pick Dilraish. He would be cool too. <laughs> I'd probably fall I'd probably get yard darted by him though. I honestly don't Sames. think I honestly don't think getting to show any single one of those horses would be a bad ride yeah Yeah, just getting started that's another (laughs) one too that lloyd train uh, by hottish that uh, i think jody made the fraternity finals on christina went on to win a lot of win a lot of money and and do very well uh so tons of good horses uh, by by hottish sucks to see him go Uh, i think he had helped um amount two million dollars in produce earnings to stylish play lena so that's a hell of a feat. I know, I'm sure, Gail and Linda Holmes and everyone up in Colorado, I was sure sad to see him go. So thoughts and prayers once again to the Adams family, Lloyd and Christina Cox, and everyone that uh, got to spend an immense amount of time around the great stallion, Hottish. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Section K Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Congratulations to all of the champions at the 2020 Ike Derby and Classic. Rest in peace, Hottish. We'll be seeing you guys down the road. Bye. Adios.